0: Here at Practicing Catholic, we've had a lot of coverage of our Archdiocesan Synod leading up to the Synod small groups last fall. And even though it's been a while since we've talked to Synod here on the show, the process continues and there have been even some exciting changes afoot. Who better to bring us up to date with all that's happening with the Archdiocesan Synod process than our very own Archbishop Hebda? Your Excellency, it's great to speak with you again. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, Patrick. You mentioned you've given a lot of coverage to the Synod. I'm so grateful to that. You know, I think it's important that the whole church uh, understand what it is we're doing and why we're doing it and how things are unfolding. You're right, there have been some changes. You know, it's this uh, pesky pandemic that uh, (laughs) continues to throw some curveballs at us. And uh, you might remember that uh, the next step for us was planned to be uh, some relatively large gatherings of about 500 people on the deanery level. So we would be bringing uh, 10 people together from each parish in the deanery. And as we looked at that, um, we realized that that could be um, a risk for people, or maybe they would be not so excited about coming together at that point. When we were doing the planning, it looked like Omicron was just going into its, its peak. And so we, we made a decision uh, to to change things up a little bit, still to get the same kind of feedback that we needed, but on a smaller uh, scale. And so, what we're asking now is that each of those parish teams of ten people and the pastor, instead of meeting with uh, at the deanery level, uh, would be meeting in their own parish. So it's a little bit easier to socially distance, uh, and uh, people know each other a little bit better. It might. Uh, be a little bit easier, and still to go through basically the same process, uh, but at that uh, smaller level, and then all of that information is going to be uh, uh, provided uh, to us. What they're going to be doing, we moved it back a few weeks as well, so that, that proved to be, I think, helpful, and um, so what we've asked is uh, all of our parishes to gather either on the last weekend of February of this month or well, the first weekend of March, and it's uh, basically a five-hour time commitment, either on Saturday or Sunday, and we've let the pastors make that call about when would be the best time uh, for them to do that. And we're asking um, uh, each of those groupings uh, to consider uh, propositions that we've drafted based on what we heard uh, not only from the Synod small groups, but even from what we had heard in our uh, prayer and listening events some years ago. So basically the process is one of is, is of sharpening and funneling. So, you know, obviously when we began with the, the prayer and listening sessions with over 8,000 participants, all of those comments, uh, we had to do some discernment about what should be our focus areas. And that's what we brought then to the, the uh, Synod small group Parish at the parish level consultation, and people did that so well. I was so delighted, Patrick, with the the feedback that we got at that point. We asking people to uh, go a little bit deeper, so not as wide, but deeper, and then also to begin to give us ideas for con- concrete ways for us to move forward. We call them my best ideas, <laughs> and um, people were so generous in in and creative as well in uh, offering us that information. And based on what we heard primarily uh, this fall, then our senior team has been uh, preparing a, a group of uh, draft propositions and uh, in each of our three focus areas. And we've we've uh, when, as we've looked at those three focus areas, we've uh, identified nine topics that mm. we want more information about. And our synod group has prepared propositions in each of those. And what we're asking is for each of our parishes uh, to consider um, one topic in each of the three focus areas, and to go deeper in, into those, huh? and um, and to give us some concrete ways, not only more feedback on the propositions, sharpening them. What are what are th- other aspects that we need to consider? How else should this be drafted? but then also to uh, give us some concrete ideas about how they would uh, uh, concretely uh, implement one of the uh, propositions in their own parish. So it's gone from something very theoretical to something much more practical. And uh, given that we've seen the work of the Holy Spirit uh, throughout this, even in spite of uh, the pandemic, uh, I'm very hopeful that uh, this process here will really help us to refine our draft propositions. And the propositions are what will be taken to the, uh, the Synod, uh, the weekend of Pentecost, the uh, first weekend in June, uh, for voting by our uh, Synod delegates. And you'll remember there, at that point, there will be two people from each parish Uh, Each of our parishes in the archdiocese who will be representing the parishes, plus uh, a number of other people that I'm calling to the synod, some that are required by canon law. So we should have just over 500 people coming together uh, to vote on propositions that would give us a sense then for how we need to establish priorities for the next three to five years. Hmm. So it's a really important uh, effort. And this piece now, I think, is crucial in helping us to uh, really sharpen our, our propositions and, uh, and also to test that what we've been, we think we've been hearing from the Holy spirit is indeed the direction that we need to move. So we've been asking, uh, not only, uh, the people who will be participating in this, uh, consultation, parish consultation at the, um, end of this month or the beginning of March not only those people, but all of the people in our archdiocese to pray for this effort. And uh, especially we, we've asked for the praying of a novena to the Holy Spirit that would be leading up to that uh, the last uh, Saturday in February when most of our parishes will be engaged in this consultation. So it's, uh, it's, I, I believe it's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's uh, incredibly uh, uh, exhilarating for me. I know it's a lot of work for our Synod executive team. And I'm so grateful to, um, uh, Therese Koons and Father Joseph Bambenek who have been, uh, leading us in that effort. And, uh, we now have great leadership there as well with, uh, Bishop Joseph Williams. I've asked, uh, nice. Bishop to step in for Bishop Cousins in his role in the Synod Wonderful. and really to help, uh, lead us
0: forward in these next uh, five months. Hmm. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, a lot of good news coming on there, Archbishop. Thank you for sharing all of that information with us. One of the things that struck me while I was listening to you was just the diversity of types of parishes we have here in the Archdiocese. We have urban, we have suburban, we have rural, we have uh, very large parishes. We have some smaller parishes, some parishes that are have been merged or are sharing a pastor, that sort of thing. And I can only imagine that in a variety of situations when we're asking for I, I like the idea that we're asking for concrete ways you might implement some of your suggestions in your own parish. That might vary pretty widely, given the diversity of parishes that we have in the archdiocese, mightn't it?
1: Yes. Oh no, for sure. Huh? And but we're we're also looking for those things that where there will be some commonality too, right? So that's even part of it, you know. So as we go into the synod. We might have 40 or 45 propositions, and we can't do all of those things, right? We're going to have to uh, prioritize, and that's part of the work of the Synod. But we're going to be looking for those things that will have application to um, a broad number of parishes, and um, and that will be able to be implemented according to the nature of the, of the parish. Because you're correct, we have very diverse parishes, not only in the um, you know, the urban or rural or suburban, uh, but also in terms of the populations. You know, we have a, a right. good number of parishes where we have very um, strong uh, immigrant groups and uh, who, have, who have distinct needs sometimes. And so to be able to address uh, uh, those important issues and to surface what they are that will have some application for us is, is going to be a challenge. You know, One of the things is Pope Francis keeps calling us to be a synodal church, and so in some ways it's easy for us uh, to look just at this one event, but we have to always remember that if if that's true, that the church by her nature has to be synodal and consultative, that this is going to be an ongoing process as well, right? So Mm -hmm. as uh, we move forward, we're setting these priorities for the next three to five years, but there's going to be a need for uh, all kinds of activity after that as well huh so um the, the whole process is something that will will continue it won't be as intense as what we're experiencing now um but we know that uh there's as we look at the uh, the great need of our parishes that it has to be an ongoing discernment of where the holy spirit will be
0: leading us of course right and this and is th- just for one one period right right exactly and even though the numbers are, are paring down now according to number of people who are involved coming from the small groups yes. to the this stage in the process the consultation process and then on into the 500 or so who will be involved with the actual synod um how might the majority of the laity who now are well hopefully praying for the continued success of the project of the process How might how uh, what are other ways they might be involved in the process, Uh, at least upholding in prayer, but you know maybe becoming more familiar with the focus areas, uh, asking questions in and amongst themselves. How would you suggest people remain involved, Archbishop?
1: Yes, we've been asking for for an awful lot of involvement along the way with the prayer and listening, and then with this with the small groups last fall. So we actually are kind of giving people uh, just that focus of most people, just that focus of prayer. And um, we think that's going to be so Im- important. And, and, and it, maybe it'd take a little bit of hiatus from the hands-on work right. and just uh, really stick to the prayer. You know, on the, the first day of this uh, parish consultation, I'm going to be having a mass at the cathedral in the morning to kick that off. And then there's going to be, we're inviting people to come in adoration um, that whole morning Mm. As uh, as parishes around the archdiocese are uh, are beginning this process, and we've also encouraged pastors to do the same. So it really is a, for most people at this moment, it's a it's an opportunity for prayer and preparing their hearts for whatever it is that the Holy Spirit might be asking of us after the synod. So the
0: focus would would definitely be on on prayer at this point. On prayer. Well, as you said, uh, we we believe and hope and trust that this is the working of the Holy Spirit here in our local church. And of course, the more we can call upon that, the more we can attune our hearts to what the Holy Spirit is saying, the better off we'll all be. Yes. And the understanding is as
1: well that there's going to be uh, a lot of work uh, once, uh, as we complete the, the synod and the, what flows from the synod is a pastoral letter and then a pastoral plan for the archdiocese. And at that point, we're going to really need people to to step up as well to get more in, involved at the parish level. Um, you know, the the uh, priests of the diocese often went to Rochester uh, for our presbyteral assembly, and we would have mass at the at the Church of Saint John there in Rochester, and they have an interesting window uh, where they talk about. Um, there's there some quotes attributed to Saint John, and um, one of the thing that, that that is mentioned in the in the, the window, one of the windows, stained glass windows, is that a bow that is always taut isn't going to be able to perform. That's not exactly the the eloquent way in which it's stated, but we know that there have to be some times of of relaxation, right? So we're asking the faithful at this point to really step back from the uh, frenetic activity that they've, uh, uh, really embraced for the synod and, and to focus on the prayer. And in this moment then of, of just, uh, praying and relaxing in that way that they then prepare to, uh, uh go forward,
0: uh, after this, the synod. Very good. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Archbishop, especially about these important matters in our archdiocesan synod. As always, we'd really appreciate your blessing if you would, please. Yes. Thank you,
1: Patrick, for your great work. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son,
0: and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Always good to hear from the Archbishop. And just a couple reminders, if you're listening on Friday, today is the day to begin praying the Novena to the Holy Spirit, which concludes February the 26th. And uh, you can join Archbishop Hebda for Mass on February 26th as well. Followed by Adoration at the Cathedral of Saint Paul. With it. we'll hit those up there, and again at the end of the show. As always, you can keep track of the Archdiocesan Synod by going to archspm.org/synod. So that's one place you can find it. And uh, and you can always go to the Catholic Spirit, the CatholicSpirit.com, for all uh, the updates on the Archdiocesan Synod as well. Next up on Practicing Catholic, we'll get some straight talk about annulments and an upcoming annulment consultation event from Deacon Nathan Allen. We'll be right back.